I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Will Melody Hobson's $1.45 billion project Black Fund, which plans to minoritize existing businesses, help to narrow the wealth gap? Spotify invested less than 10% of the $100 million it pledged to its creator equity fund during the Joe Rogan controversy, and it doesn't appear it ever took the pledge seriously from the beginning. Things just keep getting worse for Twitter as a social media giant issued a copyright takedown notice to GitHub after finding out parts of its source code had been posted online for months. And Congress seems to be unified and serious about banning TikTok in the United States. we got all this and more for you in episode 76 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. (laughs) Oh, now I got the giggles. Coming out of Philly, it's your tech lifestyle. Let's just stop. Out of Atlanta. Let's just stop. We got it. We got it. it. (laughs) And and out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Williams, a.k.a. Brother Tech, (laughs) a.k.a. Uh, I don't know how we're going to get through this episode with these two rascals over here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm saying you got to keep that in there. Keep Y'all, it real. Keep it authentic. Listeners, Tech Light Steph is over here tripping. We done tried to start the show three times. My bad. And she's the one's like, yeah, I'm ready to go. And then she start, it's, it's kind of like uh, Will Smith in, Men, in the original Men in Black when he was pulling the table across the chair when he was taking the test. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you pulling your microphone across the desk. <laughs> I didn't think it was that loud. Yeah. That's my bad. Yeah. My so, bad. so how y'all doing this week? Doing good, man. Can't complain. Can't complain. Got a lot of go- stuff going on in the next couple of weeks. Personally, I'm going to be up and down the, not the coast, but eh, almost. Down to Florida next week and then back up to Indiana the week after that. And then, well, actually, I take it back. This Friday, I got to take my daughter to a competition in Tennessee. And then that's on Saturday. And then on Monday, she is a uh, color guard. Yeah. uh, Better word for flag girls. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because there's some, there's some there's some guys that do the flag stuff too so they call them color guard right so i'm doing that this coming friday saturday saturday this coming saturday uh up and up to tennessee back down to atlanta and then on monday uh heading down to florida for our kids spring break so we're going to uh florida for a couple days and then coming back to atlanta on friday just in enough time to hop on the airplane and fly up to Indiana for a couple of days. And then we get after that is <laughs> me and my wife's anniversary. So we had to put that on hold because the weekend after that, 
our kids going to our final um, competition in Ohio. So busy, busy, busy so, next couple so weeks. You just running man all over the place. Clearly, you already had your plans in place because did you did y'all see where I believe is the NAACP has put out a travel advisory for Florida? Basically telling black folks, you don't need to be going to Florida right. spending your money there. Oh, I haven't seen this. What's, yeah, what's I, I, I just heard this on the news today and it's, it's not in our, it's not in our rundown, but you just said you was going to Florida and it just made me think of it. And I'm like, you know, cause we, we talk about it all the time. They wilding out down there, but oh, uh, just in wow. general, they, just in oh, general. Man. Yeah. But, uh, I should have, I should have, if I would have heated that, we probably would have went. Someplace else. Like so you, you uh, already, you already had the plans in place. So, you know, th- this literally came out. Oh, I, I should say I saw it today. So it says one local business owner believes more people, sh- more people should move to Jacksonville inst- instead and bring more black owned businesses. Cause, uh, uh, hold on. Cause, uh, DeSantis, right? That all yeah. The doing. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Stay up out of Florida. Yeah. Can't mess around. But y'all, let's let's go ahead and do a tech show and get into some of these tech stories. But before we do, just got to let folks know, if you would like to become a patron of the Tech John, if you'd like to help support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash the Tech John, where we've got multiple tiers over there, any one of which gets you access to our live stream and after party. So once again, if you're interested in helping to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash the Tech John. And with that, Stephanie, let's jump into... This first story, because this one um, essentially is about Melody Hobson. I've been a fan of hers for years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, she, she basically has come up with a, a way to support. I want to let you dive into the nitty gritty of it, but it's like, <laughs> is this supporting of black owned businesses and or this is, this turn, like, oh. is this turning businesses black owned is like, like or, or black yeah. run so it, it, yeah it, it, it's real all up in there um so uh melody hobson uh who who we should all know if you don't know is is like that that girl uh married to george lucas like billionaire in her own right part owner of the denver broncos and she is the co-ceo and president of aerial investments which is the largest uh black owned private equity fund um in the country and or and probably in the world actually Mm -hmm. um but um she has this project. The only reason I, I put this in there, it just, it, it stood out to me because we had an episode, maybe one or two episodes back, uh, where I fussed about the fact that, um, Andreessen or somebody had this little $40 million fund for, for startups and how it was just this drop in a bucket, you know, versus the, the billions of dollars that, that these companies, you know, these, these venture capital companies and these equity funds are, are putting into other companies. Um, and, and the number stood out to me on this because she was able to, through a bunch of different partners along with aerial investments, get $1.45 billion committed to what they are calling Project Black. Um, and what Project Black is, um, is, I mean, I guess, you know, it's, it, what it sounds like to me ultimately is she's trying to change things from the inside. Mm-hmm. That's what it kind of sounds like to me. Cause what they, what they, what they plan to do is acquire companies that have between 100 million and $1 billion in revenue. 
minoritize those companies. And that's her word. That's, that's I, a new I, term. I, that's, yeah, that's, that's a new the term. word she came up with. Uh, she, there's a video from Forbes that she's in that she says minoritize these companies by by basically, you know, cleaning house and bringing a whole bunch of black and brown folks into the C-suite and then hoping, I guess, or or I don't know if they're, they'll be contractually obligated at that point to um, either acquire smaller minority owned businesses um, so that now these companies can scale up and be suppliers for large corporations like the Walmarts and, and, and things of the world um, or um, use minority owned suppliers um, and diverse suppliers for their own business, these companies that they, that they, that they gobble up. So I was kind of like, eh. I mean, it, it, like I, I get it. Like I said, it sounds like some some spook who sat by the door type ish. Um, if you're familiar with the Sam Greenlee book, uh, one of my favorite books ever. Um, it, it, it sounds like that type of 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 sort of you know quasi subversive. Let's get them on their own territory. You know, beat them at their own game kind of thing. Um, but. You know, I, I, you know, my eyebrow went up because it's kind of like, is this actually going to help black business? Cause, or is it just going to help a few C-suite executives that get good jobs? Um, and then some black businesses get gobbled up in the process. I, I it just, it like, so, like I, like I said, I kind of get it, but then there were some things that just didn't set well with me with the whole project. So here. It here's my take on this. So uh just just to bring some of our listeners up on, on game on how a lot of this private equity works. Um we 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 often see these these medium sized businesses, and like I said, we we think of small businesses as three people. Small businesses literally could be a hundred million dollar you know right. endeavor uh, with hundreds of employees. And when you get into medium sized businesses, you're now talking hundreds to thousands of employees. But a lot of times you will see some of these businesses get scooped up by private equity. And then you always wonder, like, how did that do? How, how was how was this person the CEO? How was how, how was this CEO? How is the CTO like 27 and ain't did nothing yet? Mm-hmm. So a lot of what's happening. And if you, if you look over at our, at our rundown, what I wrote here on the right, I'm not going to read all of that. But a lot of times what is happening it is someone's son or nephew or son-in-law, soon to be son-in-law, someone's daughter, someone's niece that is, you know, has been working, you know, in, in the, in the family business. Okay. Now it's your turn to go run something. It's your turn to go be in the C-suite. So you go buy this company. You have to, and a lot of times what ends up happening when you, when these companies get bought, the, a whole new executive team gets implemented in. Right. And let's so just say, Real quick, there's a good show uh called Riches. Yes. I think it's on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It kind of does kind of like the same thing. It does exactly this. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so, that's that's exactly what this is. But th- this actually th- that show is basically what happens a lot of times in real life. So you see, it's like, oh, that, that's how that that's how the Jared Kushners get into these powerful roles in companies. What have you done to actually do this? It's like, you're thinking like you went out and you started a company. It's like, no, yo uncle, you know, private equity firm bought a company and installed you as the CFO. Uh, you know, that happens a lot. So what I, what I took was like Melody Hobson. She's saying, okay, let's just do that. 
but let's do it with folks who look like me. And like I said, I get it. I, I'm not mad at that at all, but it just it 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 sounds like they're they're doing that and then they're expecting the benefit to sort of trickle down to the rest of black people. And and I just don't see how this benefits anybody past those people that make it into the C-suite, the people that that get the benefit of being minoritized um, at these companies. Like, I don't really see how it gets past that and, and actually benefits the larger community as a whole. Right. So what I'm reading here is they kind of mentioned that uh, I'll paraphrase uh, companies with 100 million to a billion in revenue. Um, and what they plan on doing is move these companies I don't know what move means. Does that mean direct? Does that mean suggest? Does that mean advise? Well, they're going to acquire those companies to put, spend between eight billion and right. hundred billion with black and Latino suppliers, resulting right. in a significant increase in jobs for minorities. Again, that all based and, on and that's the key. Like they can suggest all day long, right? They can, but is this really going to funnel down to you know Joe? average joe with the with the shop on the corner like i just i i, I don't know i don't know right yeah, right yeah one of the one of the things that this was saying was that when you do have a lot of these black owned suppliers that are basically the self built or, or you know the the bootstrapped mm-hmm. they just don't get large enough to right. deal with target to right. deal with walmart they they just they simply don't so her you know so her idea is well let me go buy a company that is big enough to deal with Walmart and when i install my team i am installing black folks and latino folks uh you know at the top and let's hope that they will actually uh you know kind of what is it uh you know you know push it forward move move it forward they'll they'll, they'll keep the pay pay it forward that they'll keep doing those kind of things it is an interesting concept because I don't know that anyone's ever done it before. No, it, it is definitely so, very innovative and and creative. And and she, I mean, if it works, she, she don't I have mean, a lot of misses. So no, she does not. I like look. If anybody could do it, a sister could do it. I'm just saying. Um, and and like I'm not mad. I just I would just really like like I said. I was just like mm, like I get it, but then I kind of. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm pretty sure uh in the process of in, in the process in the middle, I'm pretty sure the money will trade hands enough to where people will <laughs> people will profit benefit off of this in addition to the money actually being spent for the ultimate goal of trying to create minority-owned businesses or convince these companies to spend money with black owned businesses i'm pretty sure in the process of that so there are some people that's going to get paid and it's going to be everybody everybody wins right so (laughs) (laughs) things that we know are true black and brown folks spend money with black and brown folks uh you know when when the opportunities present themselves to uh not necessarily trying to hook anybody up but you're just not averse to it because it, it, it is your, you know, it, it is, it's not saying I'm going to go out of my way to support this black owned company. It's just that, no, this is just a black company that can do what I need them to do. And I'm not going out of my way to not give them any business. Um, so if, if we factor that into this, it'll be an interesting 
play if this works, but it's not a, it's, this is not a short game. This is, this is a longer term game. I Absolutely. think that she's playing. And, and let me just uh, read real quick, um, what they've already been able to do. So, uh, Project Black made its first investment last year, acquiring 52.5% of Utah based Sorensen communications from other private equity investors at an enterprise value of $1.3 billion. The two decade old company with 837 million in, in sales at the end of, uh, September 2020 is a leader in services for the deaf and hard of hearing, providing everything from phone call captioning to sign language interpreters. So what they did was, so so Project Black acquired Sorensen, mm-hmm. and then what they did was install a new CEO, Jorge mm-hmm. Rodriguez, a 53-year-old telecom veteran who previously ran subsidiaries for a Mexican billionaire, blah, 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 blah. And then in less than 12 months, the company has gone from one person of color to 13 across its C-suite and boardroom. Sorensen is adding Spanish language services and has agreed to acquire 70% of CQ Fluency, a minority-owned business with annual revenue of 45 million that provides translation services to health insurers including Cigna, Aetna and the United Group. Um, so over the next three years, Project Black plans to plan to, plans to similarly similarly buy, minoritize and expand companies in six to ten other areas where it seems room for growth. So like I said, it, it, it's, it, they're doing it. They're definitely doing it. They, you know, you go from one to 13 that in a year, that's, that's not trivial. Um, as far as like C-suite and boardroom, you know, executives go. And then the idea that they acquired this, this other smaller, um, you know, company that will now be able to be a part of the mix or whatever. Um, like I, again, I get it. However, <laughs> you know, and maybe, you know, when, you know, you're to your point, Rob, about the idea that when we think of small business, we think of the, 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 the mom and pop shop on the corner with three employees. And, and that's not necessarily the case. You know, obviously in, in this case, the small business made $45 million that just got acquired by this larger company. Um, but, and that's great for all of them, but that is because still they got, a, because they got paid because mm-hmm. they all got paid, but that's uh-huh. still such a very small subset of black and brown businesses, mm-hmm. businesses in this country. So I still just don't see how it goes past that. Like, mm-hmm. how does that filter down into anything else that, mm-hmm. that black folks is doing, uh, in, in the hood? You know what I mean? And, and in the community. I, I, I don't know. I don't see well, it just maybe some, some rich folks getting richer and, and black folks get to be some of those rich folks now getting richer and, and the rest of us still out here struggling. So I added this to my, uh, to my, new, my Google news. So anytime something comes up, Oh, let's go take a look it it, it see, What's happening? Because as I said, mm-hmm. I think that this is, this is a, this is a longer play. This is, you know, this is not the quick game of checkers. This is, you know, this, this is a much, much longer play, uh, for this to all work out. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this one works out. So y'all, do y'all remember, uh, back in, uh, 2021, uh, into 2021, uh, beginning of 2022, Joe Rogan got into a little bit of trouble. Uh, he was mm-hmm. saying, you know, Saying N word all kind of ways. Rub Joe Rogan from my brain yeah. as, as often as I can. Uh, well, let's just talk, let's just think about it for a little bit today and talk about it. So, uh, essentially he, he, he is very liberal with his use. At least oh, let's just say, let, let me be correct. At one point he was very liberal with his use of, of the N word. 
And I think it was India Irie who actually posted a Instagram video of this dude basically 24 times on his actual show. This is not him and his boys, you know, in the car on the way to the studio. This is after the cameras have started rolling and it's just rolling off his mouth, you know, out his mouth, like with, you know, like, like he just don't care about it. So long story short, um, Spotify decided not to pull Joe Rogan. He's their hundred million dollar man. They they decided we're going to keep rolling with him. They ended up pulling about 70 of his shows, but specifically Spotify CEO, Daniel X said, I do not believe that silencing Joe is the answer. Canceling voices is a slippery slope. Eck also said that he was committing an incremental investment of $100 million for the licensing development, marketing of music, artists and songwriters and audio content from historically marginalized groups. Um, you fast forward to today, 14 months later, Spotify has spent less than 10% of the money that they said they were going to, uh, you know, that they pledged on mm-hmm. its creator equity fund. The initiative is behind schedule and hiring the eight person staff. So it's like, they're not even saying that we, we hired them and then we done laid off with the other layoffs, the eight person staff. They ain't never hired them in the first place. And, well, uh, so they're, you know, so, so this, 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 this fund is now suffering from shifting priorities. And well, he said, he said incremental less than 10% is an it's, increment. It's an increment. Right, right, right. And he say what kind of increment? He's just saying so, I mean, they, they do this kind of shit all the time. Let's just, you know, keep it a, a bean. It, it was a symbolic gesture to, to get black folks not to leave Spotify. It's very interesting um, that you say symbolic gesture because I went back and listened to one of our episodes. Uh, we're, you know, actually a couple of our episodes trying to find where, where we talked about this. Cause I remember talking about it and I remember this actual quote and Terrence, you said, I bet you this ain't nothing more than a symbolic uh, gesture because we getting, we getting kind of far removed from George Floyd. So this ain't George Floyd. This is Joe Rogan. And when that stuff blows over. It's, you know, it's, it's going to be out. Spotify ain't no different than everybody else. And, and to, to finish your thought on, on the fact that they, they haven't done anything and being behind in, in scheduling at the beginning of the year, the fund had not completed its 2023 budget and had not determined its priority projects, according to a memo. Um, and another fund intended to promote diversity in podcasts suffered after that business was hit by layoffs. So it's like y'all really was trying to sabotage this from jump so that you could point to it and say, we tried and it didn't work. See, we mm-hmm. couldn't even get the budget together. And blah, 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 blah. So it's just like, I, you know, it, 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 it we know I, I don't expect. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I never expected much from this and yet they lived down to my expectations, you know, as expected. So, <laughs> when we talk about this kind of stuff and this came up last week, I think it was our last story last week. And it's like, why do we got to make everything about race? Well, we ain't making it about race. It's about it. It's just, it's just the way that it is sometimes. Why do we keep bringing these things up? And, or why are you poo-pooing this before it even happens? It's like, you guys haven't even given an opportunity to, to get kicked off yet. And you're already talking negatively about it. And it just reminds me, I've actually been, you know, going back and, and, and reading, uh, a lot of James Baldwin lately. And I hope I don't mess this quote up, but one, one of his more famous quotes, he says, I cannot believe what you say because I see what you do. So when we, when we, when we, when we talk about some of these stories and it's like, it sounds like it's going to be good. 
It sounds like it's going to be, wow, this is, this is really something that's going to be cool for, you know, you know, for the tech industry, particularly how it's going to affect black and brown folks. And we say it and it's like, it, that it, it sounds nice, but. However, when we, when we lean back and we lean over to the side and we're, we're, you know, because we've seen this before, you know, we've heard this song and dance before. And it's like, here it is. It's like, you know, you had some heat because you was going to stick with the hundred million dollar dude that, that was, uh, you know, you had to pull 70 of his shows down because of his use of language that, uh, your listeners don't like. And okay, well, let's give a hundred million dollars to people who he was offending. But let's pledge. Let's pledge a hundred right. million dollars. And that wasn't even. And the bad part is that wasn't even a lot of money. You know what I mean? They paid Joe Rogan more than that. You know what I mean? They, as yeah. it turns out, his deal's worth like two hundred million dollars. So it's just like that was a that money was a drop in the bucket, and y'all didn't even try. I mean, just from the jump, it says the streaming service lacked a well structured, clear system for vetting and approving projects or allocating money. Ideas were pitched but not often accepted. So. So y'all just never had any intention of trying to make this work in good faith. There was never any good faith effort to try to make this work. So it's just kind of like, I mean, I don't rock with Spotify like that anyway. So, I mean, forget y'all. I'm not picking on University of Vermont. It is a fine institution. But if you say, you know what, we did everything we could do to try to find uh black professionals that are coming out of the University of Vermont then you're going to you, you, it's kind of like you plan to fail right the you know the the state has like i think about 1% and the university is like 0.8% african americans there so if that's where you're going to look for people what do you think you're going to find? Um, this is a true story. My oldest daughter, uh, when she was thinking about grad schools, they have a very, very good, edu- uh, you know, educational program at the University of Vermont. And she was talking to one of the black, uh, you know, faculty. She talked to a black faculty person. Um, or I don't want to say the, but it was like they, she talked to a black faculty person, but there was not a whole lot. Probably the only and one. they talked to, you know, an actual black grad student and, this is what got her because everything was sounding really good. This is one of the best programs in the country. It's like, but you might have to go to Montreal to get your hair done. She's like, well, I got to leave the country. To, I can eat. Never, never mind. It's like, well, Montreal is a little closer. You can get there. It's easier to get there if you got a passport than going to Boston. And she's like, Vermont and Boston ain't close. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? That's so it's the, like that's, that's but the that's, next place to get your hair done. It, like, exactly. Hey. So, but if that's where you're going to look for us, then you're going to probably have some problems as compared to going to FAMU or in, you know, NCAT or Tennessee State or, or, or wherever. So I just look at this as like, as you were saying, it's like, you know, Terrence, it's like, y- y'all put this together to fail. It's like, you, you, yeah, you cannot try. convince me that you try. couldn't go find no, some black art. Try. So it's like, let alone the podcasting part of it, just which is what we really are into. You mean to tell me you couldn't find some black artists that are singing and making music? You know, you, you, know, you, you were struggling to actually find people to invest in. Come on. Well, it sounds like they didn't be beyond even not being able to find anybody to invest in. It sounds like they did not invest and be intentional about putting together the team that was supposed to make this thing work. Yeah. They didn't even get their employees together. And I'm sure there were probably black employees lined up saying we would love to, you know, make up this team and be a part of this team and, and, and take this project on. If you given us a hundred mil, you know, we can go do something great with this money. Um, Mm -hmm. but y'all didn't even try to do that. 
to even get to the point where people could pitch and, 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 and creators could benefit from this money. So it's just like, miss me with this Spotify. Y'all whack. So, yeah. So Spotify, when, when, when we look at your programs and stuff side eyed, it's like, well, we can't believe what you say because we right. see what you do. And, that, you, you, you know, do. like that is not me. That is James Baldwin. But it's a heck of a exactly. quote. It's a heck of a quote. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, let's get into this next story, y'all. So uh, my question is, uh, is it too early to start calling Twitter just can't get right? <laughs> <laughs> Because it turns out that uh, at least uh, part of Twitter source code has been publicly available on GitHub for months. <laughs> you know, that, that it, it didn't go up and they figured it out and then they pulled it right down. They say they don't know how long it's been available, but it's definitely been several months. Uh, we're not I'm reading here. We're not exactly sure how the you know how long the code has been in the open. But GitHub did respond to a copyright claim and remove the code last Friday. So ultimately, GitHub. We got a claim from from Twitter. Uh, you need to take this copyright stuff down. They immediately did that. But here's what, what I would expect uh, Twitter to do. Well, who posted the code? Completely right. expect that. Here's also what I would expect Twitter to do. Who downloaded the code? But the question that I have is that is the U.S. District Court of the Northern District. Are, are they going to actually, you know, you know, rule that not only the person who put it up, we need to, we need you to disclose to us who actually went out and downloaded this code. Um, that's problematic for me, but I don't know. Because that it's illegal. doesn't this start creeping into TikTok territory? Like the same issue we're talking about TikTok for right now. Um the fact that China could subpoena or, or demand information from that mm-hmm. platform ain't the same thing. Am I, am I tripping or is this the same thing? Well, the way TikTok is saying it is like this. People can't see me online, but I'm doing my hands vertically out the way they're saying it is like this. So that's what makes it different. It's the same words. It's just the hand gestures was different. <laughs> I, I, I think so. Stephanie is like, I've, I've kind of wondered. It's like, wait a minute. Uh, so yeah, you, you, you know, um, Twitter was definitely violated by somebody posting their source code. That is absolutely, that, that, that is absolutely a breach. And if someone committed the crime of po- posting that up, then I can see why you would go to GitHub and say, who actually did this? Can you give us information on who committed this crime? But 
it's kind of like compel them to tell you. You need to go back to Twitter and and start your little investigation there and right. start interviewing old employees and and try to get somebody to snitch on somebody else and all of that. But the but law enforcement should not be able to compel GitHub to turn over information about who downloaded what, when, and and whatever. They they should not be able to do that because literally that's exactly the same thing that we are scared. Right now, um, <laughs> we, we said this last week about TikTok. Uh, okay, you're putting all this stuff in, in you know in Oracle Data Center in Texas. You're doing all these things. Um, what about when Beijing says, "But I want the data." What do you do then? Because that's that's what's happening right now. Twitter is they're, or at least they're, they're going to the court and they're saying we want to know not only who put it up, we want to know who downloaded it. And I, I, I'm just one. I'm not a lawyer. I don't play one on a podcast, but I'm just wondering if someone posts some code to an open source thing to where you can go and you can look at the code and you can view the code. Is it a crime for you to download code that is posted? The, the, the crime to me on the, a public on a, pub, on a on public a, open source website exactly it has been there for months it's like uh you know twitter doesn't need to know who i am because i downloaded some code that as far as i was concerned was com- was, was completely legal like that that's where right. it's like how would i know that that code wasn't how would i know that that code was stolen if it's on an open source website right you know i'm just going to look at it now the other the 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 rest of the thread of that now is um Wait a minute, I think I just lost my train of thought. Were you going to say, as far as I'm concerned, everybody who downloaded it was a journalist? <laughs> that, that That's that's what I'm saying. It's like, we can't give you that information. Everyone who downloaded it just happens to be a journalist. Just hap- but also, I could see where, because, you know, and we're going to talk about this when we, when we get to TikTok, um, part of what the Restrict Act is trying to do is repeal Section 230 of the Federal Communications Commission Act that says that platforms cannot be held responsible for the content on their platform. If that were to happen, then GitHub would be under fire and be subject to all kind of fines and, and, and legal liabilities that would probably compel them to turn this over. So, you know, like I said, when we get to, to, to talking about that, like it's all tied up and together. It's all, mm. it's all together. And, and we are, we are in a, in a bad place on a, on a super sl- slippery slope right now as it relates to, you know, our, our lives are on the internet, our digital lives. Yeah. This one, like I said, it's a, I, I can't fault Twitter for asking of the court because Twitter, Twitter's going to do what Twitter's going to do. But it's like, Court, are you going? Are you really going to allow this company to subpoena this other company, this 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 right. this other organization, to find out who just went and read the stuff? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I can't remember where I saw this. Like, well, it's kind of like you know, there there was a book that was in the library that shouldn't have been in the library, and now you want to know who all read the book in the library. It's like, why are you worried about who read the book and not worried about who actually put the book in the library? It's like, it seems right. to me like you're worried about the wrong thing. Number one, why are you not worried about who stole the information out of, you know, like you, you said it exactly right. Start your investigation in your house where the stuff was stole instead of worrying about who actually read it after the fact. Right. Um, but like I said, I, I fully expect 
Twitter acts for everything they can ask for. But I just I'm really interested to see what the U.S. District Court of the Northern District ultimately does uh, in California on this, because this is this is what I want to pay attention to. Are you going to actually say, yeah, here's here's who got it. And here's all the people who read it, because my gut would tell me uh, and I, I'm just I'm just trying to think this out. If I know I just hacked Twitter and got their code and posted to GitHub, you ain't going to find out who I am. But there could be some regular people. Oh, this is this is really interesting. You know, some really interesting code. Excuse me. Let me go take a look at it. And they might actually be registered as who they are. So my concern now is for the people who just unwittingly downloaded this information. They're not necessarily doing anything nefarious with it, but they just went and they just looked at looked at this code. Why, Why are you worried about who they are? Well, let's let's keep it a buck. These people knew what they were doing when they're trying to download the source code for Twitter. So hopefully they made sure that as similarly as the person who uploaded it uh, tried to protect themselves or whatever the case they did to try to uh, anonymize but themselves. You, I'm pretty sure the would it have even been that obvious, it. like if they didn't title it tiktok source code like what did it have have even been that obvious that that's what it was you may have just been looking for searching on you know an algorithm to do x y and z and maybe it got tagged in those kind of uh in that way and you didn't even know what you were looking at i mean you know i don't know what tiktok source code looks like um if there's if there are variable names in there that that are that are you know tweet and blue and and all the rest of that but um like you, you just you might not have even known, and you were just looking for code. So keep keeping on with Twitter, y'all. Um, Stephanie, I have to ask you. Have to ask you a question. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I, I got to ask though, because you know America, or not. You know what? We're not just in America. We are listening to on Earth. So Earth may not know what you're not going to do. So I still got to ask right. the question. <laughs> Twitter blue for verified folks. Uh, who were notable, who have done, you know, you know, you know, uh, clearly you are a notable person, um, that has contributed publicly to, uh, you know, you know, to public discourse. So you are able to get yourself verified on Twitter, not Twitter blue, the old school Twitter verification. Well, your boy Elon said, nah, that ends Saturday. I'm gonna lose my check. You upset? I mean, yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like, it, it sucks, but, I'm going to give up my, I'm not paying for Twitter blue that let's just Mm -hmm. preface all of this. I'm not paying. I don't use Twitter. Number one, I don't even use Twitter enough to justify yet another monthly subscription that I'm paying for because I'm paying for a thousand of them. Um, so even $9 is too much for a service that I don't use, um, regularly. And I mean, I'm going to just, I'm going to just give up the check. I like, it is what it is. I'm giving up, I'm giving it up. I'm giving it up. Um, now we all said that we had no intention on ever paying for Twitter blue. I think I said on this show that I actually am Twitter blue certified now. So I actually have it, but in my defense, y'all, it was gifted to me. Uh, I, I know we talked about it before, but folks are saying, I thought you said you were never going to get it. It's like, it, it, these are friends of mine. I thought you said you were never going to get this. I said, I was never going to pay for it. Somebody <laughs> paid for it for me. Um, so I'm checking it out, but, uh, you know, just on Twitter, because I, you know, Twitter probably for me is now my primary, uh, social media platform. Um, just, just for the type of stuff that I talk about that I'm into, it's it's still Twitter. So there's some trashiness to it. But there is a community of folks that I am dealing with on Twitter. So and, I, and I've always said this: I really never had an intention on like getting rid of my Twitter account. Like with some some folks or, you know, are actually, uh, you know, not talking about it. Some folks actually did it. They have completely left Twitter. 
I was never really in that camp because there's people who I like on Twitter that I was talking to and they were talking to me. And that's kind of where we do what we do. Um, that being said, one of those folks say, well, is Twitter blue worth it? And I'm, I'm being honest. I don't see what the benefit is of it. I, I, I truly am not noticing anything different other than I do believe that when I am, uh, responding or if I am replying to someone, uh, you know, to someone's tweet, if I'm actually leaving a comment or something like that, if, uh, chronologically I might appear above other people because I have the blue check box. Uh, or to the blue check mark as compared to just everything being absolutely chronological. Um, and even then it, it, it only kind of works because if you are replying to someone else's reply, it's going to stick it down under them. But if you're just replying to like the original thread and it's not in the context of, of the entire conversation that you might pop up in front of 20 other people who don't have that blue check box. That's not worth nine dollars. I don't think that's worth, uh, you know, the $84 a year. Uh, I, you know, listen, listen, man. There are some people who are very, very vain and need that thing that says I am important. And there are people who will say, oh, so the difference between regular and important is paying $8 a month on Twitter. There are somebody, there are some people who are going to cough up that money. Now, the question is, is there enough of those people that will make it worthwhile for Twitter to have all these extra features that come along with it or not? Question remains, but I know there's a nice amount of people who says, you know what? I need to do whatever it's going to take to set myself apart. And if that means $8 a month, but I think, I think what, what Musk was, was banking on was all of the people who already had blue checks not wanting to lose them. Gotcha. And I don't, I don't think that's going to be the flex he thinks it is. Cause mm-hmm. like I know, you know, um, just anecdotally, I don't know if y'all know who Lovey is. Um, mm-hmm. Love you, John. She, yeah. She's mm-hmm. like, take the check. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to, I don't need to check. Like, like, and I'm, and I'm in that same camp. I, like, I, my, my identity is not so tied up in, in some little blue icon that, that now I'm going to be like, Oh my God, I can't lose my check. I'm going to, I gotta, let me, let me go ahead and sign. Like, and I really think. You know, there probably will be some people, to your point, Terrence, whose identity is so wrapped up in in that idea that they don't want to lose that thing. Um, but but I'm not one of them, and and I don't and I don't know that it's going to be enough of those originally verified people that 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 come over to the other side, basically, um, to to justify him kicking all of us, getting rid of all of us, you know, all of our checks or whatever. So. It is. It kind of is what it is. I, I I don't know. I'm like I said. I'm gonna lose it, and and I'm okay with it. And you know, at this point, I like I don't even know what else to say. It is. It is what it is. I think that Twitter needs to be very careful with making uh, a second class citizen, uh, you know, uh, you know, type category on Twitter because that's how that's how Elon is pushing it. If you get Twitter check mark, you're cool. I'm with you. If you don't, or Twitter blue, I should say, if you don't, you now are some kind of second class citizen on Twitter. The flex that he's trying is that, oh, well, this is going to suck enough for enough people that they're going to actually buy this blue check mark. Now, what folks is going to do is like, 
Uh, is my MySpace still going? Let me go. Let me go hop over there and Find see if it's, if it's still cool. Exactly. Um, you know, is, is Lime still out there? Let, let me go. Let me go holler and see what's going on over there. This literally happened. Somebody asked me to, you know, go check Clubhouse out again. I haven't seen. I, I don't think I've touched anything on Clubhouse probably in well over a year. Probably pushing more like eighteen months. But it's like it's still there. But if Twitter was like saying, you know, well, you can only use Twitter spaces if you have a blue check mark. It's like, I guarantee you the clubhouse will be popping within minutes of that announcement coming out again. Yes. So I think that they, you know, you know, they they, got to be careful with this, because if you make it like, you know, a second class citizen doesn't just give you money to not be a second class citizen. They just go somewhere where they can be a first class citizen. They go somewhere else. And you said, said, I, I can't believe you said careful. In the same <laughs> emphasis as something owned by Elon Musk. <laughs> so um, and I, I just want to ch- uh, shout out real quick. Um, Ashia made a comment about paying for Meta certified um, through with Facebook and IG. They, they have another type of program, but they actually do offer some benefits like you get um expedited customer service like you get to talk to a real person if you need customer service um and and some other like little front of the line kind of vip behind the velvet rope type benefits i wouldn't pay for that either no. well, but you know if what my, if you want to take my blue check on instagram take the take the check like i just i, I just don't care enough here's where i see that actually being a benefit though because um i have you know th- there was a time when i was actually spending a lot of time inside of facebook d- building facebook ads doing Facebook campaigns and stuff like that, I would have paid money to be able to get to support person um, as compared to not be, you know, be able to get to one. The only thing you were able to do before was like, I can go pay this agency who knows somebody who can, you know, try to figure this thing out. But if I could actually pay for, uh, you know, as a marketer on Facebook, if I could pay for an account and that's going to get me like expedited customer service and get me some other tools that I wouldn't necessarily have unless I paid for it. That is actually something that I can see the benefit in that because of what I was on, doing on top of already paying for ads, huh? Right. The ad, the paying for the ads wasn't enough, huh? Um, you, dog. Just trust me. I, when I, when right. I tell you, I would have paid money to be able to call someone to figure out why is this ad that was approved last week, not approved this week and, and nothing changing right. that. I would have right. paid to be able to try to talk to somebody to figure that out as compared to not making the money over the three weeks it took me to figure it out on my own. And but now Meta, assuming, go ahead, Stephanie. No, I'm saying Meta is saying, um, that paying for Meta certified will not, um, get you any increased exposure mm-hmm. to your audience. So that was what a lot of people were like, well, if I'm a pay, you know, is this basically like boosting all of my posts so that my reach now grows? They're saying that that's not going to happen, but I can absolutely see that that coming into play on, on across all social media where, you know, it's basically, it becomes just this pay to play type of situation. Oh, and, Facebook said, we've already mastered that Facebook ads. You yeah. want to, you want to pay money to actually get your stuff boosted to pay money to get your stuff in front of folks. Just pay us how you already do it. This is just so that when them ads ain't working, you can get to us first. And but I'm not saying but, that's what but, it is, but, but if Rob, it were, even, I could see it. But that's Rob, that's even you, you are making up a, not making up. You are coming up with a scenario for you specifically could see the value in Meta Certified. You don't even know for sure if paying for Meta Certified can guarantee that you're going to get support for ads. You're just you're saying right. I could you're see right. where yeah, you're if right. I needed help with ads. We don't even know what this 
right. expedited support means. That could just mean you talking to somebody. Now, what they know, who knows, right? You would think they would know about ads. You would think they would know about, hey, help me unlock my account. That just means you talking to somebody. That don't mean they gonna actually help you. Yeah, it's a cash grab that I don't, I just don't think it's going to work for any of these platforms. Um, yeah, the concern, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, the it's, concern it's, it's, for a lot of folks is that Elon Musk and his personality is like, you going to give me money or bunk you. I can really care less what you do on my platform. And like I said, that, that you know, he may think that's a flex, but you know, history has shown us that when you make people second class citizens, they don't pay to become first class. They just they just move someplace else to where it's better. Uh, generally, just, you know, going to use social media as a tool to direct traffic to my own <laughs> online properties um, and, and, and do it that way. It just yeah, anybody out here who is depending on the kindness um of, of, of any social media of, platform, of any right. social media platform, you know, and the well intentions of a social media platform for your livelihood. It's just a, it's just not a good look. It's I literally had this conversation yesterday with someone. I am no longer trying to push anyone to any social media platform. I'll let you know that I'm on it. But if I'm going to push you to something, if I'm, if I'm going to get you to go somewhere else, that else is going to be something that is mine. That's, that, that is going to be my community, my discord, my, my, my email, uh, you know, you subscribe to my right. email newsletter, my newsletter. You know, to, to my website, to, you know, to my membership program, something that I actually am controlling. Understanding that the number of people that might actually sign up for that would be far less, but they would be far more valuable to me because they're rocking with me, not just you just happen to be on some other social media platform. Right. So I'm, so I'm not double snapping my selfies. Exactly. I'm so I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not poo-pooing other social media platforms, um, but I have no desire. Hey, you, you know, like, like it, I remember when Clubhouse was hot. Hey, you got to go get on this thing, Clubhouse. And I mean, I, and I did because, like, okay, this is what Earth is talking about. Let me go, go see what this thing is about. But I'm like, why am I trying to push you to something else that I don't own to where now right. I got to play with the algorithm and try to talk to you when I could just say, instead of going to Clubhouse, why not just go to my Discord? Why not just go to my podcast? Why not just go to my email newsletter? I could talk to you there. And that, and so, and we can move on, but then I think the honest goes back to us, right? Because the reason why people was forcing everyone, not forcing, trying to get people over on Clubhouse because Clubhouse is new. And if you get over there first, you get all the riches of being first. Right. It was now the, that shiny, every, the shiny new thing. Now that everybody's on Clubhouse, nobody's on Clubhouse because right. I'm not special no more as being one of them first people to create whatever Clubhouse is doing at that time. So now nobody and cares sure, about Clubhouse. I, and I'm sure all the celebrities that were there that were really the motivation for, for everybody else to follow are not there anymore. Like mm-hmm. they were there and, and everybody felt like I was in the room with Oprah. I'm like, but were you? Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Did, did you talk to her? Like, come on. So, 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 so that goes back to, like I mentioned, that goes back to an onus on us to where if you're going to work that hard, like, you know, just reemphasizing what Rob said, if you're going to work that hard to try to get first on Clubhouse or first on Mastodon or first on whatever else new thing that pops up. You should just work that hard on building up your own property. So therefore you ain't got to chase the, ain't the, chase. the chase, chase the wild goose, you know, the ain't goose, the, chase. the golden goose egg. Don't even, mm-hmm. don't even worry about it. We, we, we want to have to, 
because uh, this was a Twitter story and we making it all about everything else. So at some point we're going to have to talk about fan base and what Isaac Hayes, the third is doing over there. Listen, we're going to get him on. He has agreed to come on the show previously. Um, we, we, the communication kind of broke down. Um, I didn't, I definitely didn't continue to hound and stalk him. Um, but we're going to get him on the show. Like ASAP. We're going to get him on a show. All right. Because, like, what what he is doing with fan base. I'm going to DM him right now. What he's doing with fan base is it is interesting. And it's blowing up. And it's like, and it's like, make your your own money. Like, forget you. Yeah. But uh, even still, the the onus has got to be on us to go there. Yes. Right. Everybody's on Twitter, even though we hate Elon because everybody's on Twitter. Same thing with Instagram, same thing with TikTok, same thing with Facebook to a lesser extent. You know, there's some, somebody's going to have to fall on that sword. Somebody's going to have to be the trailblazer. Some, mm-hmm. some folks are going to have to get over there and stake their claim, you know, because if we don't, we just going to have to be on the tech john every Monday talking about how Twitter's whack when we could be doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to keep it in the, uh, you know, in the social media uh, realm for this, for this last story. And, 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 and Steph, I'm, I'm happy that you put this in there because I was busy last week and I, I kind of, I forgot right fast that, uh, TikTok had a hearing in front of Congress. Mm-hmm. So I went and started looking at some of these, some of these clips, some of, read some of these articles. And, you know, and I, I definitely want to get y'all's take on this, but Congress seemed way more prepared for this conversation, then I think the CEO of TikTok was prepared to have it. Uh, this was not when they were talking about tubes and pipes and you were talking to octogenarians who literally had never been on a platform before. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that every one of the, uh, the, you know, the Congress, per- Congress people who spoke has ever been on TikTok, but they were prepared well by their staffs who probably have been. So I wanted to get your take on, on, on these hearings because it's very rare that we actually get to see both sides of Congress kind of having the same idea and not liking something or liking something. And in this case, Congress, period, it ain't, it ain't about the right or the left. Congress is not really happy with what's going on with TikTok. I want to get y'all's take on what happened in these hearings last week. Well, it's like, um, it, 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 it just, it, it all seems very disingenuous to me because this company is not doing anything out of the ordinary of any other social media platform out there. Now, I get it. The only difference is that it is a Chinese based company, like the, the, the company's based in China, but other than that, and I, and I, and I don't know, and I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not a, I'm not a scholar in international foreign policy or, or anything like that. So I don't know if that alone, that fact alone is enough to justify what they are putting this company through. Um, it may be, uh, you know, maybe, you know, in, in national security circles, China's threat through software is is so great that that we do have to try to figure out how to how to keep this app from from infiltrating our country and all the rest of that maybe but that literally is the only difference 
between TikTok and every other social media platform out there is the fact that the company is based in China. Um, because everything else, literally every single other thing else that they had an issue with as it relates to TikTok, they should have an issue with as it relates to Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, um, Twitter, YouTube, like all of them, mm. Twitter, all of them. You know what I mean? And, and so the idea that, that you're, you're piling on, you know, this particular app, it just feels disingenuous and hypocritical to me. Um, so I think these congressmen feel like the ability or the potential for China to some way directly or indirectly have access to U.S. data, knowing what we know about how said data was used and manipulated in previous elections, specifically um, Cambridge Analytica and how they sold that data or gave that data to these Russian whatevers. And they were able to use that data to somehow, some way, I don't know if it was greatly or marginally, either way, they were able to use that data to influence the political campaign slash elections of the previous cycle, right? I think they're trying to use that as the, all right, remember what happened with Cambridge Analytica and Russia. What we don't want to happen is not... Um, um, and this is what I'm thinking. They're thinking, right? Right. They're thinking that, okay, well, let's try to be preemptive about TikTok and hold on, hold on. Let me finish. Hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. What they're trying to do is preemptively say, all right, well, we ain't going to make the same mistake twice. So let's pile on. Like you mentioned, I'm not disagreeing at all. Pile on on TikTok to make sure this don't happen. The same thing in China. In addition to that, what I also think they're trying to do is we need to send a message to China. Because if China's thinking about, and this is indirect, this is, I'm not saying it's directly related. This is just my conspiracy theory hat. What they're saying is what we also need to do is we need to send a message to China that we ain't playing because, you know, there's talks about China, uh, some way helping out Ukraine. I mean, Russia against Ukraine. So they're like, all right, what we need to do is we need to go ahead and show China that we ain't playing, you know, so we can kind of send a message to let China know it ain't going to be, the same way and especially if you're trying to help Russia so we need to go ahead and have the shot across the bile thing and I think just TikTok is just collateral damage nah honestly I don't think this has anything to do with China to be perfectly honest I really don't um where was all this preemptiveness in 2017 and 2018 and 2019 and 2020 and 20 now all of a sudden 2023 is is China 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 I, I honestly think Meta is and, and, oh, and, so that's your experience. Yeah, I think Meta, okay. I think Meta's behind right. this. I think Meta fed those questions to all of those Congress people. Okay. Um, I think Meta's lobbying dollars are, their lobbying game is, is strong AF. Um, and I think they're trying to get rid of TikTok. I, I don't, I don't think China, I think China's a, a convenient scapegoat. So China's collateral this. damage. I think, I think, I mean, I mean, and, and, and like I said, you know, without any foreign policy background, I'm sure there is some level of, 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 of suspicion and, and, and guarding against foreign in, intelligence and all that needs to happen vis-a-vis China. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said, this, this is happening already far too much with the other companies for it to just be about China. 
I think, I think Meta is just like, we need to figure out a way to get rid of TikTok uh, because (laughs) they're crushing us. And this is a good way to do it. I think that this is about China to, to, to a great extent. Um, and, 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 and here's why. When you think about all the stuff that Facebook is doing and it has been caught doing multiple times, you know, with the, you know, you know, from Cambridge Analytica all the way up to, uh, I can't, I can't think of her name, but, uh, it was the former, uh, Facebook employee. Sheryl Sandberg. Exactly. She, no, 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 all the stuff that's going on at Facebook. Yes, this is bad. It's horrible. But at the end of the day, Facebook is still our mess. Um, TikTok is another country's mess. And I don't want to say that like China is our enemy, but they show enough are our adversary. We ain't, we ain't friends like that. Um, and as Terrence was saying, we we're coming off of this Cambridge Analytica stuff. We're coming off of where it's, it's not they have the ability to do this. They use the ability to sway an election. They, they actually we're going to take all this information, say we're going to take all this information that we have. And we know that if we push this post, if we if we can get people to like this, we can get them, we can get them into um, basically our echo chambers and we can just keep inundating them with, you know, with this messaging and this and that and the other that we could literally maybe move something a percentage point or two or three or four or whatever the case is. And that scares us. Um, You know, that gets us into Manchurian candidate, kind, you know, like kind you of stuff. To, and I have to, I'm going to just interrupt you real quick because uh, she had just made a great point. You don't think they're already doing that? Oh, I, I absolutely think they're doing that. With, but what on, it is, on, is that on, on our platforms, you talk about this is China's mess and we have our own mess. But but China and every other country in the world is already influencing, um, you know, U.S. thought and and persuading things through ads on our own platform. I, I, I so do. Be- I do China believe that is ha- because China is an easy mark. Because it's a country, uh, we 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 don't look at we 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 have not said the, the name ByteDance one time. So we've been talking about this. ByteDance is the company that owns right. TikTok and runs TikTok. We keep talking about China. Why? Because ByteDance is based in Beijing, and although it is an autonomous company, companies that are based in Beijing they just run different because the government there. I understand that you have this. I, I want that data. Go ahead and, own, and get it for me. Well, they're, they're going to find out. But and, and, and how, how, how is that our problem? But the, the issue is that it's harder to do this. You're going to have the left and the right fighting over. You can't shut down an American based company. You can't shut down Twitter. You can't shut down Facebook. But when it comes to bite dance, we can say, you know what? That's that's China's company. We 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 can ban that. Um, we, we can get rid of that. So I think that that's just where the difference comes in for me. And as I said, as I'm going and I'm listening to how these folks are talking about it, the, the government is not happy at all with what, you know, with what TikTok is doing. As I said, it's or, like, or like Stephanie kind of mentioned, they may not even be mad at TikTok at all. I think it's just, uh, TikTok is just collateral damage. For whatever the politicians are trying to get cookie points, uh, cool points against, whether it be looking tough against China, whether that be looking tough against data in the eyes of people who are concerned about this. It seems like like and this this kind of leans into what Rob was saying. TikTok is an easy target because it's, it's not a US, it's not a U.S. company. Right. So we can they can do these congressional hearings and these politicians 
can feel like we can move this, whether it works out in our benefit or just blows up in their face. The fact that they, they can, can say, say we cared. We Instead cared. of actually yeah. doing the work of putting wow. into place a That's G- too easy. Yeah. Instead of put instead of actually doing the work of putting into place a, 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 a something similar to GDPR or instead of actually mandating doing work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of actually <laughs> mandating digital and media literacy education in schools, instead of instead of doing the actual work, let's make TikTok the boogeyman. Yeah, and sure. Keep, keep, and mm-hmm. keep people distracted. And and, oh, yeah. and Meta sitting here pumping money into all of it saying, yeah. yeah, make TikTok the boogeyman. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. it, it 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 it's nonsense to me. It it really is nonsense because at the end of the day you probably can't do it anyway. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, this will most likely be all for naught. The likelihood that you are taking away um, the livelihoods of, of 5 million businesses on that platform, taking away a platform that half the country is on right now, 150 million. Pla- and, I, and trust me, I am not standing for TikTok at all. I'm just saying our government is being hella disingenuous um, in this performance art that they're doing. Oh, yes, actually, performance, right definitely. Yeah. And- and and it, and it and it just irks me because you know it dominates news cycles it gets people all riled up um but at the end of the day it does nothing right so good good conversation we we not going to solve it on this show but it, it is going to be really interesting and and I'll just leave it with this I, something that just popped up and it says DeSantis is uh, gives a fifth different answer against the Ukraine and that literally just popped, it says Say DeSantis, it, again. it says DeSantis gives a fifth different answer against Ukraine because you know he, he basically came out and said I really ain't I really ain't worried about Ukraine I'm, I'm paraphrasing editorializing but he came out and basically said I really ain't worried about Ukraine like that and I think that what a lot of these centers are they are definitely afraid of is like okay does ByteDance have the data to where they can start really pushing to our citizens that the, you know, like the, the America is pro Ukraine. We're not pro Russia. We are pro Ukraine. But can you start pushing to enough people who are making enough noise and you start to get the echo chamber to think of things that are, uh, you know, that the, the echo chamber is basically now saying that, wait a minute, you know, DeSantis is right. It's like, you know, I don't care about, you know, Ukraine. It's like, why, why, why are we worried about this? And why are we worried about that? I think that the government is truly concerned that with all the data that a TikTok has, that they could start doing those kind of things. Why do, why are they worried about that? Because it's been done already. We've already seen this happen. And then as we've been saying, TikTok is the lowest hanging fruit of, you know, who to go off, you know, who to go after. Could, could, could Facebook do this? Yes. That's the data that they used the last time they did it. They used Facebook data, an American company. But the fact that there is a foreign company that is an adversary of ours that now has these kind of uh, data metrics on citizens of the United States to whether you can start swaying elections. I see, like I said, it, it takes threat to America to, to basically get, uh, you know, it, who is it? The, uh, you know, the Democrats and the Republicans on the same side of anything. And like I said, w- uh, when I went, I looked at some of this stuff. It, it was not some of the ridiculous things that we see when Congress is talking to tech companies. They knew what they were, what they wanted and they were on message, uh, for the most part. And I do believe, like, if you're looking at, well, who came, if, if it's a debate, well, who came out ahead on the debate? Was it the CEO of, uh, you know, of TikTok or, you know, or was it, you know, Congress? I think Congress looked a little better here because they were going at dude that did not necessarily answer questions in, in an effective way. 
So like I said, this is definitely not going to be solved on this show, but it is interesting to see how this is going to go because I am now putting in, you know, in, in you know, this TikTok thing into the category, like the government is for real, for real on this. They, they are, they're not messing around. Um, at they least appear, they, they appear they not appear to be messing around. To be messing around. In the back, you know, in the back of my mind, I still think it's like, man, they ain't, they, they ain't enough Democrats or Republicans, definitely not enough Republicans is trying to shut down a business. Um, you know, but, uh, they, they sound like they might on this one. So we will definitely keep paying attention to this and see how it goes in the future but y'all i'm looking at the clock here we we definitely are at the the, we passed the top of the hour so we we went a little long this episode but let's go ahead and start wrapping it up so uh tech life steph why don't you tell the folks how they can get at us you can follow me all around the web at tech life steph and you can follow me on the internet at brother tech that's b-r-o-t-h-a-t-e-c-h and I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we are also at the Tech John on all the things. And also, just one last thing, if you would like to become a patron and support the Tech John, head over to patreon.com forward slash the Tech John. And we have multiple tiers over there, any one of which is going to get you access to our live stream. A couple will get you access to a ad-free RSS so that you don't have to listen to ads when you're listening to the show. And until we meet again in a week's time. Peace. Peace. 